There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Hello and welcome back to Could It Be? An Oak Island podcast. We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Did it all add up for you? What, the ads? Yeah. So so many ads in this uh, episode. Yeah. I have never heard of an ads in my life. Until? Until this week. And then I heard it like seven, eight, nine times during this episode. And in different contexts, too. You're like shouting. Oh, my bad. You're like either Hi. really excited about the ads or I don't know. And I, when I saw it, I assumed they were talking about like Aztec gold. And of course, I said that publicly in our pregame. And now I'm like, wow, I'm... I knew nothing of said ads, and uh, it's okay. I got a, uh, a a schooling, if you will. It's an ancient tool, okay? You're forgiven. Well, it's not something that people like. Maybe they use a variation of it today, but it's not like you you don't go to the store, the hardware store, to pick up an ads, okay? I mean, I don't know. Have you ever tried? No. But so maybe we should go down to the hardware you've store. You've walked hardware see. stores plenty of times. How many ads have you seen? Well, I haven't gone looking for an ads. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see if it adds up. Yeah, sure. All right, so yeah, we have uh, our uh, our episode. It's mm-hmm. season nine, episode seven. It all adds up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're excited to be here with you today. Um, a little bit quicker than has been in the past, so we're uh, we're trying our best to get to a better schedule for y'all because it's important to us, and we know it's important to you. Uh, yeah, to us, to you, to all, all the things here. All Let's... of the things. All right, so um, you want to jump into the episode? I do. I'm trying. Sorry, I'm trying to multitask here, and I know I shouldn't be. But well, go ahead, like... multitask. I'm. I'll, I know how to stall. It's fine. Stall. Yeah. So um, what we can do while we're stalling is I could just mention my new podcast. I had a new podcast that launched a couple days ago, and I think one person got to listen to it because I. Um, didn't listen to your wife. I didn't listen to my wife and she knows better than me. I am so glad that is recorded. And <laughs> I feel like that should be a sound clip for no. the board going forward. Yeah. I'm just going to kind of like keep it hidden on no. the side. And when I'm going to delete it me, You don't know how. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm learning. Okay? You're learning. Anyway, yes. so I have a new podcast with a good friend of mine. His name is Dusty Hartshorn. I'm Dustin White. He's Dusty Hartshorn. And together we... Are dusting off the past, and we talk about with old school stuff. Our powers combined. With our powers combined, we are dusting off the past, and we uh, talk about stuff from growing up, eighties, nineties, two thousands. It was a lot of fun to do. The reason nobody got to hear it is because we did it as a video podcast, and I played a lot of videos in the background, like without sound. But YouTube and Facebook flagged them for a copyright, Quickly. and I was I was sure that that wasn't going to happen. So. But she knows. But whatever. This is literally an argument we've been having for years now. Yeah, but I, I don't and think I just you don't it. understand my position on a lot I of this stuff. actually I very much understand it, but it's wrong. Okay. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. I've done multitasking. Are we ready? And I think we're ready enough that we can get going into the war room. War Let's open room. up with the war room that they opened up with because there was some uh, interesting conversations there. Well, yeah, the war room at the beginning of the episode basically set up the entire episode. So, Well, yeah, it was was, like the kickoff. It was like the season premiere. No, it was the episode premiere. 
Okay. Okay. Sure. So we had uh, Rick and Marty, of course. Yes. We also had Alex, Lagina, uh, Laird, Billy, Craig Tester was there via video, mm-hmm. and we had Tom Nolan. Tom Nolan sighting. It was good to see Tom. When we, we see Tom, we know it's going to be a swampy time. <laughs> He's all about that swamp action. Yeah. I wonder if they're like bringing him in and they're like, Tom, come on. You need to come in because literally we just got shut. We, we just p- shut part of your swamp down by accident. Sorry, Oops. Tom. <laughs> so um, we're sorry. We need to make sure you're very involved in our next area we pick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where's That's- Hensky? Just ask him to tell you where it's at. <laughs> That's what Laird said. Could have avoided this whole kerfuffle if we would have just asked Hensky. That's what Hensky's for. Is that like a more you know? No. Oh. For good times and bad times. Uh, never mind. Just he knows what the stuff is. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so Marty says that they are meeting to talk about where they can dig and where they cannot dig. Right. Yes. And yeah. so, of course, Laird is there, a resident archaeologist that says that they've applied for a swamp general permit, which has been approved. So, and they have permission to dig on the south side and, uh, and in the paved area, which has also been approved. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the circle towards the top, mm-hmm. like he mentions, we just got to be careful of our edges because that circle is, you know, it, it butts up pretty close to the paved area. So I'm hoping that means we're going back to the paved area. It sounded like that was on the table. Oh, my gosh. Time out real quick before we move on. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, because I looked in the chat and Boki said bummer, and I'm assuming that's about my podcast with uh, my friend Dusty. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that it, you won't get to hear it. Oh, it, yeah. it's. I'm, we're going to put it on a podcast feed and you'll be able to download it. And I might put it on. I, I'll, I'll probably end up putting it on with uh, just a static logo or something. So there's no video on Facebook. Just audio. And YouTube. Yeah, because that way... Well, it'll at least be out there because you guys should listen to it. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Anywho. I just need to say that because I didn't want to leave the impression like, oh, you're never going to hear it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, All so right. the paved area has been approved and they have to be careful of the edges or as Marty calls it, the circle thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Direct Marty quote. The circle thing. Yes. Uh, Marty says that he will admit openly that he was wrong about the swamp. Yay! <laughs> it seems that anytime they have dug in the swamp of any significance, they find something of significance. So that's it's, great. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Some things will never change. Some things will never change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So uh, Rick acknowledges Tom talking about him and his father's interest in the swamp and um, and Tom's interest in the, uh, the stone road. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he said to Tom, your father and you always said that if there's something to find, it's in the swamp. Did you not say that? Yeah. And he's like, yes, I did say yeah. that. There's answers in the swamp. We hear you loud and clear now, Tom. Loud and clear. You know, Tom is so like nonchalant. He's just like kicking back like, yeah. Every time you see him. Mm-hmm. Even on the Zoom. Remember the Zoom? It, yes, on year? Zoom in the war room. <laughs> he's the guy that leans back in the chair and he's like, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. He is stuck to his guns yeah. with his father mm-hmm. for a long time. And it feels good when it starts coming back. Kind of like when you should have listened to your wife the first time. <laughs> it feels like, you know, Tom's like, yeah, 
mm, should have listened to me the first time. We mm. got the swamp, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> there are answers in that swamp. There are. Let's I'm go excited to see what else they find. So there was a flashback um, featuring Fred Nolan and yes. his uh, discoveries in the swamp. And that they had found a ship's railing dating all the way back to 660 AD, mm-hmm. theoretically, possibly. Yeah, I think that they featured that piece on the season finale. Yeah, right. And I think uh, even Gary brought it up later on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and they also reminded us of uh, the um, seismic, uh, seismic. Uh, what is that? What was it called? Seismic what? Survey. I, w- I was going to say seismic explosions. <laughs> all the little seismic explosions all over the All I could see were poop, poop, poop. And that's what they did in yeah. the, uh, on the whole island. They blew yeah. it up. They blew up the entire island. They did. I've got a screenshot of like, so over two years, they have pretty much blown up the entire island with seismic. You, Not the western side, have they? They've done a decent amount over there, but mm. yeah, mostly on that side of the drumlin Mm -hmm. but there is a map and a screenshot maybe if we ever get to like a fun just little bonus episode with maps fun Mm. with maps um that has the overlay of the different years that they did it because like the first year it was really experimental right and then the next year they had kind of dialed it in a bit we find it and within that time they created a process there was a ship-shaped anomaly found. There was a ship-shaped anomaly. I hope that I hope it's a real thing. I hope it's a ship and it's not Noah's Ark. Sorry. So when we asked Stephen Guptill mm-hmm. in that first interview Guppy! we did with him before he had been lovingly named Guppy, <laughs> um, we asked him if we thought there was a ship in the swamp mm-hmm. and like. You know, because they or what did we think about the drilling mm-hmm. that was going on there? He goes, well, we didn't hit it. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> but they did like they tried to go through and core like right through the center of it. You see like four different cores through the center of the anomaly. Four core? Four core! Like parkour, but with a ship in the swamp. And the only thing I remember them ever hitting was Caprock. And not necessarily wood. So the question is, is it a chamber? Is it something else? I don't remember what the um, magnetometer survey looked like over the swamp. Do you? I don't know. Was that, wouldn't that, no, I don't, I have no idea. It was like all pink and stuff down there because there's all sorts of, you know. So. I don't know. What they're measuring with the magnetometers survey right is how well it's going to conduct electricity whatever is down there Mm -hmm. so for example if there's water a flood tunnel or something running underneath it's going to look very different than an area right not right next to it because water is conducts electricity a a lot higher and at a better rate than say just rock sure okay so my initial thought was what would the readings be back over the ship-shaped anomaly in case it were like a void or something? A void? But I guess if the swamp's like super wet, you're going to get a lot anyways, and the variation in the know. survey would come back very little. I don't know. I looked at that swamp on uh, this episode when it first started, and it looked really super dry. So 
Yeah, but off also rather soupy, like uh, no, Jello, that came later right? in the episode. <laughs> I, it was dry first. But you know what? We haven't had that point where they're like they just spent all week draining the swamp either. They, they don't do that anymore. They don't drain the swamp. No, they do, but like they don't need to put on a show for us anymore. We we get it. We they get, don't we, need to put on a show for uh, not, us. Not about not specifically about draining the swamp. Like we know we've seen it. Like there's times. a lot of things we've seen. Like you know when the drill goes into the <laughs> chapel vault and bing, it That's hits true. it with gold and comes back out like hello. That's true. Well, I I don't need to know that again, but we get it. So why wouldn't we show us draining the swamp? Because I, I need the, answers. The the drill thing takes five seconds. The, drain the swamp is a longer process. Like to say, hey guys, they drained the swamp this weekend. Versus here, let me queue up the chapel vault replay. Okay. You you think that's a five second difference? Whatever. <laughs> okay, fine. Back to the war room. Yeah, let's go back to the war room. What does so, Marty ask Billy? I don't know. What does he ask Billy? Marty asks Billy if they can get a swamp excavator because, you know, they want to dig some stuff in the swamp. Oh, man, I thought you were going to say swamp expert. I'm like, they have one. They got a swamp doctor. Got a swamp doctor. He wasn't even in this episode. Why is the swamp doctor not in the swamp excavator or something? Mm. Like, that feels like a thing that should happen. Mm -hmm. hmm. Anyhow. Yeah, so what What else? What, what were they talking about? What did, what did Marty ask Billy? Anyways, I just said he asked him for a swamp excavator. Know, like, and the... Billy's like, eh, we don't need that. Because sure. we're going to be on the south side, which is where their permit was oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. okayed at, right? Yeah. And that's a huge piece of equipment. And it's going to cost a lot of money to do the swamp excavator. I bet you even with COVID, it would be harder to get it to the island. Because I get a feeling there's less swamp excavators mm. in the world than long reach excavators and they could probably get a long reach quicker okay i just think uh, why why is billy concerned with uh spending marty's money he's never been concerned before he's because he like, wants to marty's always like here's my wallet billy go for it maybe he saw the budget okay. and says if i spend less on this excavator i can use it over here for this thing you know maybe they're like hey we're up upping the c14 budget so got to take down a little bit on the excavator budget true that and remember when they said how many spoils have to come out of there and that meant they needed even more water mm -hmm. well then billy's got to provide water you're going to pay for the transportation of water logistics okay Makes don't sense. ask me unless you want me to get into the details all right so we are done with the first war room where are we going to now we're going to the uh, pit, going to the swamp. Going let's to... see here. We're gonna go to the swamp. To the swamp All because right. the unanimous decision was get Billy a long reach excavator. And so that's what they do, mm -hmm. and they're there to receive it. Um, yep. We have Alex, Billy, Charles, Rick, Marty, and Gary all out there, just being super impressed by this thing. Alex, in particular, mm -hmm. I feel like he had a few Tonka trucks as a kid, <laughs> probably. So Clotworthy explained that this is an 80-foot reach on this uh, the, on the arm of this excavator and allow them to dig much deeper than anything before. And they're not going too far out. They're staying right next to the road. So it's a... Well, they're going to go... Yeah. Yeah. Where they can reach from the road, basically. Mm -hmm. I think they're... Is there a little pad that's right off the road that it's sitting on? No. It's sitting on the road. 
Yeah, it's like right on the edge. I, they probably did some reinforcing of yeah. it before, you know, bringing it in, but it's not going to weigh or distribute the weight the same way. Um, the biggest one they had before, I believe, was the 50 foot when they were digging that big old hole down on like the uplands from the swamp. Mm -hmm. And Billy was sitting on the money per the VLF mm -hmm. survey. I remember. Mm -hmm. So this is an extra 30 feet for Billy. Cool. It's, and it's Marty, it, it's, there was a dynamic duo there. Marty's like, okay, you're going to, he's digging all the muck out for Gary to scan. And, and Marty's, Marty's redirecting the water. Yeah, scooping the water. And yeah, good stuff. All right. So Rick says that they need to figure out where Gary wants them to lay down the, the spoils, basically. Right. Uh, Billy then uses that long reach excavator and, and starts scooping away. Uh, he's scattering the spoils for Gary right where he wanted them. Mm -hmm. There was a side interview with Rick where he says uh, he's not sure that there's a treasure chest, quote unquote, uh, to pull out of the swamp area. But Fred Nolan and uh, they have pulled out ship parts. And he goes on to say that if there's a ship there, he wants the evidence. Well, we keep seeing ship parts, so. Let's find some more. Show me the money. Parts. Show me the ship. Yeah. Uh, Laird shows up to the uh, to the guy with a uh, shovel in hand. He's like, somebody order a shovel? <laughs> Basically, right? <laughs> right? Someone's like, Laird, I need a shovel. And he was Johnny you know, on the spot. You know, it'd be funny hmm. if it was like Postmates and like Laird is like on uh, call. He, he like ran over to the local Ace Hardware and picked up a shovel for him. And he's like, Laird Mates. <laughs> Laird's <laughs> delivery service, speedy delivery. Laird's got too much on his plate for that. <laughs> yeah, that poor guy has got more paperwork this year than anybody. Oh, yeah. oh, man. Rick explains to Laird that Marty is working on clearing the ditch so they can move a bit of water out, like you were saying earlier. Yep. And in the next scoop, Billy pulls out a big giant log with a stump. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick asks how deep it was. And Billy says it was between four to six feet deep. That's a big, it was big. It was huge. It was a big tree. Yeah. And Billy, I think he even said, that looks like it's probably an oak. Yeah. Oak after... Island. And there's no, oak, there's no oaks left on Oak Island. So they just literally found the oak of Oak Island. Boom. <laughs> I mean, that should be the, that, that's like, that's a treasure. The oak of the island. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> says that after Rick, takes the shovel Laird has brought him and chip, chip, chip. It like takes a chunk out of the side of the bark and it's like bright orangish colored, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, Billy's just... And he sniffs it. <laughs> right. Instantly Rick <laughs> sniffs it and I was like, okay, calm down. But yeah. Billy's like, looks like could be oak. It's oak colored. Thanks, Billy. Um, Gary uh, metal detected over it. Did not find anything. Nope. Rick, um, you know, he he uh, talked to Laird over by the stump uh -huh. and talks about the depth it was at and how the heck it at four to five feet or four to six feet deep. How is there four at least four feet of organics on top of this thing? Uh -huh. You know, it had to have been growing at some point, be knocked down. You know, it has a stump. Uh -huh. So it's it wasn't like uh, carted over to this area when like with a stump. Uh -huh. So it probably was growing there, got knocked down got buried under four foot of organic materials. Mm -hmm. What the heck? Well, and like he says, it's kind of, it, it tells a story. Mm -hmm. I, uh, it, this is not the first tree 
with roots that they have found mm -hmm. in, down in the swamp. I mean, clearly there was a tree from the root that was growing underneath the road, right? Mm -hmm. They last year they had found um, what was that? Was it last year the cork oak? Then there was one I want to say that we saw the year before that that was closer to the eye that had mm, yeah. uh, that metal rod in it. And I was talking about, hey, maybe this was one of the original, like the origin point trees. When they were doing lots, they would do something like put a metal rod in a tree and that's your point of origin on a survey. Well, same idea. Well, if say Gary had found a hit in that tree with something like that. That'd be particularly interesting and could say, okay, this tree was here at least at the time when they were doing that survey. What was that like 1881 when it was divided into the 32 lots? Long time ago. Um, but this what is clearly very old mm -hmm. and it probably wouldn't have grown there in a wetland environment so what what's the story here with that yeah rick basically said that it wouldn't be rooted mm -hmm. if um if it wasn't dry here at one point yeah and it wouldn't have been that big yeah it was with, big too yeah exactly so the idea would be to do dendro on it and figure out how old it is how many examples of oak from oak island are there a lot where like there's different types of oak on yeah the but island. haven't they said many times that there's no oaks left on oak island no they're saying that the canopy oaks that were uh, up on isaac's gotcha. point are long sense. gone which <laughs> they're saying is a really unique oak that would be a feature you'd easily you be able to see distance, from yeah. a distance right yeah. so the canopy oaks yeah well, are gone it makes a lot more sense now that you say it out loud because i just thought to myself mm, yeah well but anyway I don't know, finding an ancient oak on Oak Island. Yeah, it's still cool. pretty rad. Like, and I like that Laird says he'd like to see a 500-year representation as to what it might have looked like. And that could help explain some of the other things that are happening here. For sure. Mm -hmm. So we know that last year they were doing the, with Tony, like the survey around the water, mm -hmm. you know, to get an idea of what it would have looked like then yep. but as they also come across some of these down trees and i i'm willing to bet they have found more stumps than what we have seen it'd give you a good idea of what it looked like before i'm just a viewer i'm just a consumer of what they throw at me on tv over here yeah well i'm an overthinker that likes <laughs> to look into things and put pieces together right on with our powers combined we are captain we Planet. have this podcast <laughs> all right so that was the end of the first segment at the swamp mm -hmm. we do go back to the swamp later on yep swamp segment two yeah we see again rick marty gary charles alex billy and laird uh billy is digging and it's just slop now mm -hmm. at this point that he's just it's just goop <laughs> um alex really and charles, runny mud they're like disgusted <laughs> Alex uh, says it's like Jello. Yeah, and I think what did what did uh, Charles Charles, yeah. Charles uh, pipes in saying <laughs> he didn't think he'd like that flavor. Me either, Charles. I don't know. Look kind of like chocolate pudding. It I looks mean, straight up tapioca chunky though. Yeah, I don't like I don't like chunky, but I like chocolate. 
putting. Yeah, but mm. that, uh, you know, it feels more like, you remember all the, like, mercury in the swamp, yep. maybe some arsenic, mm -hmm. who knows? Yeah. Like, that that feels like it's a bad idea. Yeah, but Rick isn't, isn't scared to taste it. Are you Rick? No. No, I didn't but think Rick so. But Rick is like, I don't know, he... he I, I just I love that they he once called it brackish water and uh Clotworthy calls it brackish bog like every episode since or almost it's every episode brackish jello. I know there you you've you figured I've, out exactly I've solved what it the is. mystery and the mm -hmm. jello mystery. It's brackish jello. That's the flavor of brackish. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh geez. Uh let's see here. Oops, that's the wrong section. Yeah, so um, what I'm seeing here is that Marty points out uh, the excavator that Billy is in, and um, he looks... Uh, that it looks really... It looks really big. Big. Yeah, until you see it digging in the giant swamp, comparatively. Yes. Yeah, but it is big. And if he said, if you wanted to hide something, this is sure a good way to go. Mm-hmm. All right, so they are searching through some more of the spoils. Rick pulls out a piece of flat wood and shows it to Gary. Mm-hmm. And it looks work to me. It looks like it was purposefully uh, planked. Yeah, that it kind of had like a gash through it. Um, well, and it's just nice it, and straight. And it was chunky but straight. Yeah, on on one side it was more chunky. Mm -hmm. On like the the finished side, it looked it looked like it was a, a finished piece of wood, just super old. Uh, what do you think it was cut by? Um, we haven't got there yet. So. <laughs> Yeah, so it's funny that Clotworthy chimes in because uh, Gary said it first. Yeah, because okay, so we we skipped over this part because we're coming back to it next. Mm -hmm. When Gary and Rick are doing metal detecting, they find the ads, right? And um, Gary's like, "Oh, this could have been cut by an ads." And mm -hmm. then Clotworthy uh, pops up and says, "A piece of wood, possibly cut by an ads." And it's like, whoa, Clotworthy, calm down, man. But now everybody assumes everything's been cut by an ads. Like, the Fellowship is saying, we don't have axe cut wood anymore. Mm -hmm. We have ads cut wood. Well, I don't know. They found more axes on Oak Island than ads, but, you know. The tools go hand in I hand, know, guys. Anyway. Hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Or you use your hands. Yeah, so they, they take that piece of wood. Rick and Gary call Laird over to take a look at it. And he thinks that it does have chop marks in it. And um, like you would see with an ads. <laughs> and, oh, that uh, makes me giggle. Yeah, so layered, layered like that. Rick uh, takes it off to wash it. Mm -hmm. And he takes it down to the shore. Uh, Gary then... Um, oh, and he shows it to Marty. Because mm -hmm. little brother has got to go see what big brother's up to. Right? Well, of course. Yeah. Gary spots a piece of wood and he can't let it go. That that was his term. He's like, Billy, stop. Stop, Billy. I got something got to do. And thankfully he did. I'm mm -hmm. glad he saw that. He, what did he see those with? His um, twin. Twin optical scanners. That's what the, I was going to say, like, it's just his eyes. But, <laughs> you know, twin optical scanners are way better. Yeah, he did. He did pretty good with that. And he wanted to fish it out, but he couldn't he couldn't quite reach it. So Laird came over and helped him. Yeah. Well, Gary's like, I'm going to get a piece of plywood. And Laird is Johnny on the spot says, I'll get it. Yeah. And Poor Laird, I think, has been locked up like doing paperwork mm. for too long. He really wanted to do it. You, you, When we were watching this, you called uh, 
oh something laird and gary i feel like have become the new dynamic duo Yes, kind of like Batman and Robin. Okay, so who's Batman? <laughs> Laird. Laird's yeah. got the belt, right? Laird man. Yeah, he's got the utility belt. Yeah. But so, I guess so does Gary, but... I had yes. I had to play that because otherwise we weren't going to play it because it's no archaeology trailer in this episode. I know, which is it's terribly go. unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Laird gets the piece of plywood and like kind of puts it on top of the giant mound mm -hmm. and Gary climbs up <laughs> and Lair says and does give him a little push <laughs> and you see Gary straight up surfing everybody's gone surfing surfing Oak Island yeah surfing the brackish jello because <laughs> He like pushes him and Gary's got his arms out. Like yeah. this is a gift that needs to happen. Yeah. And Billy's laughing at him. Yeah, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> like the crew circled around just laughing at them. Us too. Mm. And it's oh was it Alex or someone was like, he's gonna go, he's going in. He's going in. <laughs> well, he's got good balance. <laughs> and well done, Gary. He gets it in like pulls back a little bit laird pulls him back a little bit and they get off and or you know at least i'm like clapping because gary did a good job and didn't fall in mm -hmm. but he's pretty proud of his accomplishment gary you know he comes out victorious with this piece of wood and he proudly shows it to his teammate laird mm -hmm. and that you know agrees and he's like well looks like a flat piece of wood with a you know some kind of notch in it and laird actually agrees like right there on the spot that it definitely looks like it's been cut he even says and adds i don't know if it was on that one or later but it was like yeah this is ads cut wood <laughs> if laird's in on it then i know it's a thing yeah for sure so marty comes over to take a look at it too because he, he needs to see what gary's been up what to. the hubba baloo is yeah and uh Marty literally just grabs it from him and says, all right, peace out. Go back to work. No, what, what was his <laughs> term? He says, I have a man down at the beach. <laughs> I'll get this washed up for you. I got a man on the beach. Okay. Brother. Yeah. And then he waltzes off with it. And then you see Laird and Gary just standing there like, like huh? Well, I... we had something. <laughs> I guess we'll go keep looking again. It's one of those ones it where funny. it's like yoink. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Let me go take it to my brother who's gonna clean it off in the ocean with like seaweed or kelp or whatever. I mean, I appreciate it's him his using man at the beach, okay? His his man at the beach is <laughs> got the loofah of the sea <laughs> and is going to town and doing a rather good job making the wood. Sure, of course. So um yeah. <laughs> classic it was just funny gotta rick, love the uh, fellowship he, rick gets his hands on this other piece of wood and marty hands it to him and says careful it's heavy and rick's like it's not heavy. nothing's heavy to rick and then uh he says it looks a, a little more suspicious this wood is sus <laughs> well it it looks <laughs> like it was worked for sure and so he's like he's debating like so can we should we get this c14 mm -hmm. you know and is it um, worth it? Yeah, is it worth it? And then what is, uh, you don't have it in your notes here, but Rick uh, or Marty said something like, um, what did he say to him? You remember? He said something like. Uh, Whether or not it should be uh, 
C14 dated? Oh, that, that and then right after that, he, he said something like, oh, what's the definition of madness? Oh, yeah, doing the same thing over and over. Well, no, uh, Rick did not say that. He said, no. we're not there yet. Yeah. Okay. They had a nice uh, brotherly jabbing moments yeah. back and forth. It was kind of hilarious. It was funny. And uh, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not crazy yet. Yeah. So uh, the the swamp kind of ends with Alex and Charles taking a look at the wood. Mm-hmm. And they agree that it seems to be worked. Billy says that it looks like pieces of wood you would, um, you would use, use for a yeah. wharf. You know, it's thicker and rounded. And it's you not know, rough on one side, mm-hmm. smooth on the other. Rick pointed out they are near the area where Terry DeVoe projected the wharf, and Laird totally agreed yeah. with that. He's like, Yep, that's right where we are. Did you notice? So Rick says that, mm-hmm. looks to Marty. Marty's eyes get like saucers, and he quickly turns his head and looks to Laird, and Laird goes, Yep, it is. If Laird says it is, guys, cool. guys, good job, Terry. Good job, Terry. I feel like we need a uh, clapping track, an applause track. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll I'll silently clap. Okay. Yeah. A golfer's clap? Sure. Is that what we're mm-hmm. doing? Yep. All right. So now where are we going? Well, if that's all swamp, the swamp, then let's uh, get the origin story of the Az. Ooh. So uh, to lot four? To lot four. Okay. So in lot four, they showed a map before they started doing it. Correct. And... They were looking in the vicinity of where the hole under the hatch would be and not where the valve would be because there are a couple places on lot four. Yeah, but like there's one that's okay. There's one area that is um, where they had the anomalies from that scanning, the magnetometer scan from uh, last week and week before. So that was right next to the road, Mm -hmm. right at the southernmost part of lot four. Where Steve calculated the hatch, which would have been about 10 feet away. I don't know about that, man. Because literally, if you look Steve's at Zena's... Steve's the data guy. If you look at Zena's map, what would be in that area is the valve. I agree. the hatch. But it appeared that they were searching closer to where you would think the hatch would be when they were doing the metal detecting in this episode. Yes. yes. I concur. Yeah. So we had Gary with his favorite digger. Or is it favorite or is lucky? His lucky digger, his lucky which digger. if you ask me, if it's his lucky digger, it should be his favorite digger. He's the Bobby Dazzler digger. Yeah, Rick Lagina. He's the Bobby Dazzling digger. Dig, 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 dig. Mm-hmm. I'm a very own sound for. <laughs> All right. So they're still looking for that hatch. Mm-hmm. Right? And the first thing they pull up is a large iron spike because Gary's, you know, metal detecting. He gets the beep, beep, beep. Because it's a lucky digger out there on it. Yep. And it's a big, giant metal spike. It's a big mamma jamma. And he said it was quite heavy. Mm-hmm. That it was iron. Yeah. And so this is, uh, you know, I guess bag it and tag it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then they move on. And uh, But Rick does have like a little side interview here where mm-hmm. he talks about how special Xena was to him, basically. Mm-hmm. And how he has a special place in his heart for Xena's uh, research. Uh, but they're still working to see if they can prove the significance of it. Mm-hmm. And confirming, like, places on the map. And I think he actually, maybe he says this a little later when he's talking to Krista Brousseau about this map that they're looking at, why they're over on lot four. They're trying to say, okay, this actually does exist on Xena's map, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd say the triangle clearly exists. 
there's like the oak enter here. <laughs> okay. Well, I could give them that. Mm -hmm. The basin, aka the eye of the swamp, the what's the other one? The dam, mm -hmm. which would make sense if you were closing off the to make it a swamp. Mm -hmm. And then we have the I mean, he's if we put it in that context, sure. We've kind of said but yes. It, but if it's a hoax map, mm-hmm. Would have been pretty easy to like come up with some weird alternative names for the areas that you already suspect things could be. Like where they've already been looking in, you know, as a fake thing. I hope Xena's map is real though. I hope it is too. And I mean, there's been so much discussion about the date. Do you think it's a date? Hmm? Do you think the date on the map is actually a date? I hope so. But it's written out as a year, and then it points to something. I'm just know. saying. I just, I just like, I eat what's in front of me, right? So like, what? They, no, you what, don't. What You're they, so picky. What they serve up, I just consume, and I don't really look a whole lot deeper into it, like deep meanings. I look like, I look to be entertained by the show, and just. Be excited about what they're doing. But knowledge is power. I know. The that's why I have you. you. You're, you're so powerful. Okay. Look at that. I, Ooh, I, I'm feeling um, that bicep. It, it's all that. Actually, I haven't even got to arm day yet at the gym. So, okay. um, but remember the information Zena presented was three different documents, right? La, La Formula. And then there was the one that looked like a map mm -hmm. and it had the different grid lines. And, you know, if the same person wrote these maps, the grid lines that have numbers on them, longitude, latitude, they're all done in like Roman numerals. Why in the world would you spell out the year and date? This is not, that's not the way. And then point to a different island. No, that's, okay. that's. You know what? Maybe you need to call up the fellowship and get on get in on a virtual war room with them and be like, hey guys, guess what? It might say the hole under the hatch up there, but this is not a date, yo. And then they'll be like, Oh, what does it mean? And you'd be like, I don't know. I'm just telling you it's not a date. I'm just that's I'm just stating only, the obvious here, like the guy with the hole under the hatch. That's my only way into a war room is I decided if I take the approach <laughs> of hey, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's my one shot. That or when the Guptil guarantee, <laughs> I pray, makes the air. It still has not. These people, the people listening to our normal podcast probably don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, man. You should explain it real quick. Okay. So I created a Guptil guarantee logo mm -hmm. stamp. But and it's the stamp is about an inch and a half. And it's one of those self-inking. Like I made the design and then had the stamp made. And then you press it down in it puts a guptil guarantee which is a circular seal on whatever With it twin is G's. yeah it's got mirrored twin g's for the double g for the guptil guarantee and it says around the, around the top it says guptil guarantee, guarantee and, and the bottom, the bottom says, says right the first time right the first time i went through several ones of like you put on it was i at first it was i'll get my gps <laughs> then it was it's it's a rock <laughs> um i did the math um <laughs> yeah, and i didn't tell steve about it mm -hmm. i packaged it all up and i shipped it to i stamped it, a card and like 
wrote like a, I present you here with thy formal guptal guarantee for all the land <laughs> and folded it up, put it in there. So when he opened it, he got it. And I apparently I told Scott it was coming, but he didn't film him opening it. But I guess he freaked out and loved it and stamped everything in sight and people as well. So I Rumor has it that he was going to try to put it on those on a map. I did stamp a ton of things before I sent it to him just because testing it. Right. So keep an eye out for a double G. It's about an inch and a half circular stamp. And that that will be my first and probably only appearance on the Curse of Oak Island via a logo. We'll I mean, a certification. Right. The first time. Right. The first time. I still like I did the math, but that's pretty good too. Yeah. So, um, okay. Now it, that that's over. Yeah. I just, I just felt like you need to explain because the, we've explained it quite a few times yes. on our Oak Island pregame mm -hmm. uh, on Monday, sorry, Tuesday evenings at five o'clock Pacific, mm -hmm. eight o'clock Eastern, Correct. an hour before the curse of Oak Island starts. We have uh, at facebook.com slash Oak Island podcast. We do a, an hour long live stream, mm -hmm. uh, maybe 50 minutes somewhere. Right. It's been doing 50 minutes in an hour because we like to get, let people get their popcorn and stuff. Yeah. But, you should join us if you haven't already. There's a, I agree. We usually get a good crowd going. Yeah, everybody has a grand old time. And everybody has a really fun time. So, um, Are you pulling up the Guptill Guarantee? I was seeing if I had it handy, but it the old ones I have here in, say, I'll grab my GPS and <laughs> it's not a rock. Yeah. Um, I didn't... <laughs> doesn't look like i have the that's okay oh geez so. why don't we get back to lot four? i think we should definitely get back on track yeah so um yeah they're still trying to prove xena's research and map were you know relevant to the hunt yes uh the next thing they do is they start scanning again and they found they get a metal hit and it's a two-way repeatable beep. signal naturally and uh um i think gary calls it a little screamer right a little screamer yeah maybe yeah, a little screamer. And then um, they go to start. Uh, we have the Lucky Digger. Um, man, he, he digs some nice holes, doesn't he? He does. Like you said, he's got the whole plug thing. Yeah, like he's able to like make it so it doesn't just crumble apart when he pulls it out. I mean, it depends on the soil. He's it not like a, a messy things, digger. But... Like, it's like this perfect little mm -hmm. section that comes out. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Anywho, so they found this ad's. Thought it was super cool. They're mm -hmm. like, well, you know, this is where we would have got some archaeology stuff because they're like, well, let's take it, do some XRF. Um, what else do they say? Take it to Carmen. Yeah. Oh, did they say that? I thought they if wanted to iron, take it to I Kelly Barasa you. first. Maybe. Yeah, but we didn't see that happen even if they did say it. If they didn't say it, whatever. They just said, oh, Bag and tag it. Let's, yeah, bag and tag it. And then they take it to go see mm -hmm. um, when it Carmen came Lake. out. Like, my initial thought is it looks like a foot. Like a big old, like, human foot. Like, all all the, the mesh together. And then I decided it looks like the foot on a sewing machine. But that would be a very large sewing machine. Thanks for sharing that. And you know I, I didn't know what an ass was, though. I bet you you're the first person. Or you're, I bet you're the only person that thought that was a foot. Not true. Mom goes, oh, my gosh, is that a foot? Oh. So... Well. She is. Like, I mean, there are genetics. I yeah, guess. you guys are like the same. So mm -hmm, that's true. All right, so let's go to Northville Farm. Well, looky here. Well, looky here. All right, so um, 
they who 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 shows up? We have Carmen uh being Carmen's met there. by mm-hmm. yeah, Jack, Marty, and Alex. Yep. So Marty makes the trek out to Northville Farm this time. It's good to I bet he liked being on the field trip. He he said that. Yeah. He said that he likes talking to Carmen and yeah. that like he seemed genuinely excited or maybe even starstruck when they brought Carmen to the island mm. because he likes all the extra knowledge. Carmen's got some great insight. I know. He's always fun to see. Oh, oh, well, oh yeah. You know what? Hmm. I'm I'm thinking about now. They didn't do subtitles for Carmen. They did. Oh, they did. They they oh. didn't do it before. It's like when Carmen comes to the island, they take away the subtitles. But when he leaves the island, they follow him. I don't understand. I didn't notice them. <sighs> I'm not very observant. Maybe because you're just getting used to them. Maybe. Maybe. All right. So Carmen asks them if he, they got some goodies for him. They and do. Alex is like, oh, yes, I do. And he actually had two bags. And yes. We and we only saw one artifact being uh, looked at. That was that was painstaking. What's the me. other artifact? What is it? It's probably the other like piece of metal that Gary found Maybe. near it. I don't know. Yeah, so Alex pulls out the ads, and that's what we get to see him uh, take a look at. Mm-hmm. Still mm. looks like a foot. Hmm. For those of you that are interested, because details matter, the bag in which Alex pulled it out of says lot four N. 334-345, number 110, <laughs> August 21st, ads slash blade, question mark, G Drayton. What up, G? What up, G? So G found it mm-hmm. on August 21st. Mm-hmm. It was probably of Artifact 110. But you know what? Now that I'm looking at this, N334345. So when you look at the money pit, uh, the way that they do the grid, um, it it starts with N and then most of the numbers are like six something. But they did say they gridded the entire island. So I bet you if I could grid the rest of the island with the corresponding uh, five foot increments i could probably figure out where that is sounds like a lot of work no i just like it just it all finally clicked at what the n334 means sounds like a lot of work sounds like i won't be Not seeing much I, of you i can auto populate it sounds like out. you're going to be hiding in your little cubby hole <laughs> drawing up maps hole? again we're, I haven't me and had the kids much... have to fend for ourselves. Oh, shut up. I haven't hardly had any <laughs> mapping time lately. I know, but I remember last year. Oh, yeah, because you were orphaned. Like, Just kidding. come on. Anyways. Yeah, so they show him the artifact. Yes. And he says, oh, this is an English style topping ads. Of course it is. Thanks, Carmen. Duh. Right, and so he said it would be something for smoothing, used for smoothing timbers, and to smooth the floor of a deck, get rid of the knots, make the uh, edges of things of your lumber, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Carmen. Of course, you would know that immediately when it yeah. comes out of the bag. Yeah, and he points out that it doesn't have to have much of a curve, so it was pretty well used. Mm-hmm. And then he demonstrates how the handle would have been straight up. Uh, Jack uh, demonstrates how you would use it, and Carmen's like. Bro, no, no, no. The no, look no. on his face. He's like, oh, so you grab it and you start scraping? And he's like, no. 
you'd hack away. Hey, they had the Jack 6000 in front of him. He was just eager to get to work with it. Like, he's like, put, give me the square peg to put into that hole and I'm going to start using this thing. Okay, so let's <laughs> compare the Jack 6000 to the Rickinator who, like, you know, cuts out these perfectly neat holes. Jack, like, goes to town, right? And then... Now we come over here, we bring him to the Northville farm and he's wanting to scrape stuff because he's so excited. And Carmen's like, calm down. He's so excited. He just can't hide it. Jack looked a little defeated, but he did learn something. So mm -hmm. look at that. Knowledge is power. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, the, the real thing they came for, Marty, you know, he wants a date of this artifact. Correct? Yeah. Okay, and so Carmen says, well, looky here, uh, this kind of artifact, um, this particular like variety, mm -hmm. this particular model, I guess, would date from 1620 to about 1740. So this type was made for about 120 years. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. I mean, it's a big time frame, but it's not at the same time. Yeah. I mean... And how was long it, did they use this ads before discarding it? I mean, was it made in 1739? Was it made in 1621? Don't know. Hard Crystal know. ball's broken. Yeah, but like, I don't know. It's an exciting find nonetheless. So Jack asks if there are any houses or homesteads over on Lot 4. Mm -hmm. And Marty says, no, no, no. There has never been anything constructed there as far as they're aware. As so, far as they know. Yeah. Maybe the hatch was constructed there. They're not supposed to know about that. Oops. But they also, like, I. it sounds like Marty is implying when he says that if you were planking, planning to, say, sink a shaft, you would need timbers and you would want them to, like, fit together really well. Lincoln logs. So if you're making Lincoln logs... You'd put them there and it's on mm -hmm. a you know tree line lot. Well, maybe they have a bunch of people over there working. Then like maybe those guys are the ones using the ads to like make the particular joints and then send them over to whoever's making the shaft. Mm -hmm. Right. So you need them to fit together perfectly. Close is probably enough back in the day. Mm, doubt it. Down I don't know. Were you there? Maybe. <laughs> Charles probably was. Charles was. <laughs> hey, real quick. In the chat, mm -hmm. John42 over on YouTube says that Jack reminds him of, of an eager Jack Russell Terrier. He's a wishbone. <laughs> What's the story, wishbone? Yeah, so Jack Russell Terriers, man, they're like really What's hyper yippies. Of, of... So it's like really, really excited all the time. That's Jack. Such Begley. big imagination for such I wonder if a little pup. I wonder if Jack Bagley's middle name is Russell. Could Maybe. It be. is now. That's what we're going to call him. All right. So anyway, they're kind of done with Carmen. They're like, Carmen, you're awesome. Thanks for your help. Gave us some good information. Let's go back to the war room. And we're not going to show anybody what's in the other bag. Nope. <laughs> the other bag does not exist. It's like you do not see this yeah, bag. Not, yeah, it's like a Jedi mind trick. Right. Yeah. All right. So they do go to the war room and uh, they meet up, back up with Gary, Rick, Steve, Scott, Laird, and um, 
they're reporting back. Yeah, reporting back what Carmen told them. So basically, we could just tell you, okay, uh, rewind about five and a half minutes, six, seven minutes of our podcast, and you can hear what they told the war room table, right? Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> the only other thing was this feels like an Easter egg to Ooh. me. Because they're all sitting around this beautiful image, mm -hmm. this aerial map. I think I figured out which year it is. And it's got the overlays on it that, you know, it's from Steve's like wire grid is overlaid on it. So you can actually see if you're, you know, pausing in all the right sections mm -hmm. where the high water line and low water lines are, where his outlines of the swamp are on mm -hmm. the grid and i can actually see oh my man this made me so excited i could see that the lot lines that i had lined up that i thought were off were not off yay they were not off they were in the right spots nice and that where exactly the boulders for the nolan's for nolan's cross laid out so i, I could compare it to the other aerial images i totally missed that <laughs> Oh, well, I didn't. I spent too much time on this and then the next time on where mm. we get more maps. Mm. And you can, I could see like where the lot lines. Okay, wait, wait a second then. If you can see the, all the lines on that big giant map. No, not Where perfectly. is lot four and three, three, four, dash three, four, five? Well, it's in the lot four area in the northwestern section in, in the grid. I'm going to have to figure this. I'm going to figure this grid out. Now okay. I'm super stoked. Um, they, I mean, early in the season, right? They said they had to do the full like transverse grid of the island because the, how they have to record the artifacts now going forward. Mm -hmm. That they have to go back to CCH and be able to tell you what the elevation was of the find. They have mm -hmm. to be able to tell you how deep it was in the soil, mm -hmm. what it was that was found. Mm -hmm all those things mm -hmm. so yeah they're all going to be gridded off but it's mm -hmm. interesting to me to actually put that together and see that they would correlate with the grid that has been shown to us in the money pit mm -hmm. it's exciting mm -hmm. i'm excited for you there's a lot of people on like their playback that are pushing like the 10 second forward button as i am talking but that's okay. No, they, I think they appreciate your love for the maps. Because mm -hmm. somebody's got to do it. Might as well be you. I will bear that burden. Okay. All right. So in the war room, Jack, <laughs> after they explain what Carmen told him, Jack wants to know, um, what's it doing over on lot four? You know, like, what is something like this doing? Over he almost there? sounds offended. But then he's like, it must be for the hatch. <laughs> okay, Jack, just because it's on lot four doesn't mean it's for the hatch. Yeah, Steve says that the only thing on lot four that they have any information on really is just the potential hatch. <laughs> and does this surprise you? Because Steve, to me, doesn't seem like the kind of guy to be very interested in Xena's map. Probably not, but... He's like, I'm not a theory guy. <laughs> That's my best Steve Cupto impression. <laughs> I'll get my GPS. I'll get my GPS. Yeah. It's a rock. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I did the math. Okay. I'm a, yeah, I'll get to that later. All right. Steve goes on to say that they have a lot of finds on lot four on the western side of the island. And then he points to the map on the table. Thank and, uh, you. And you're all excited about that. Yes. Uh, Gary says that he loves that date range. The, uh, let me go back up here and make sure I get the numbers right. 
1620 to 1740. That one. And um, it's well before the story of the money pit. So that's mm -hmm. got everybody excited. Mm -hmm. In a little side interview, we have Rick saying that the date range is very interesting. And they uh, seem to keep pushing the dates of the finds further and further back. And that's rather compelling. Yes. And he also, he finishes with um, saying that uh, there was a master plan and it was implemented over a number of years, if not decades. So dun, this dun, is, dun. they are going with the, uh, the long game here that this happened, not in a short frantic sinking of a shaft and hiding things. This, this is the long game. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long search. So yeah, yeah that so, seems fair. Good stuff. So I think we're moving on to the money pit at last. At last. At last. So what happens? Do you remember what happens at the beginning of the episode when they first go to the money pit? No, that's why I have my handy dandy notes here. Oh, but, and I'm happy to uh, share. Okay. So what happened? <laughs> so Terry and Charles are overseeing the drilling of the newest boreholes. Okay. Time out. When, so it showed, um, like right at the, toward the beginning, okay. it showed Terry talking to Brendan from Choice. Uh -huh. And is it just me or does Terry look like really tired? Does he look really tired or does he look almost defeated? Like, no. what does he look like to you? I, I think like his like, feet hurt. He's exhausted or something. The poor maybe, guy needs a chair. Yeah. He needs, that's, that's probably what it is. And you know what? Maybe that's just his face. It's like when I'm not wearing <laughs> no, makeup his face, okay? and I show up, people are like, oh my gosh, are you sick? Are you, are you okay? <laughs> have you been crying? I'm like, no, this is just my face and you're going to have to deal with it. So, no, you man, know every time what? I roll over in the morning, I see you. I'm like, oh man, she's, she's, well, like she's feeling good. <laughs> I mean, guys, it's just my face. Leave Terry's face alone. He just, he just looks like he's exhausted. His feet hurt. Someone get him some insoles. It's okay feet. to be exhausted. Can we get him a chair, like a stool? Because you know, he hasn't left that <laughs> money pit yeah. and it's running all day oh, right yeah. did you see like maybe a tall work stool for the poor guy nope. like he's standing all day yeah so and he, i bet you he doesn't even have the the soft uh squishy thing to walk on no he needs like yeah the anti-fatigue mat yeah he needs maybe that. we need to send some anti-fatigue mats and <sighs> you know insoles for terry you know for next season maybe Unless they ended up finding it and aren't going back to the money pit. But the guy really has been stuck there. Have you seen him anywhere else? How about a war room? Like, the guy doesn't even... Was he there at the first war room? I don't, I don't think he was this year. The poor guy's not allowed to sit. I want a pedometer on that guy. Dang. Now suddenly so I feel now bad. Now you should feel bad. And I just want to give Terry a hug. His face and his feet hurt. <laughs> and I just want to give him a hug now. <laughs> uh, sorry, Terry. I'm sorry, but we Tom Burns, mm -hmm. he's amazing. Uh, I liked his comment over here uh, in the live says all that standing adds up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We should have like a, a, a bell, like a ding or like a, a you know, like a <laughs> rim shot. Oh man. That that's true. That's pretty good. All right. So we are doing borehole F2. Mm -hmm. uh, the first sausage hits the table at a depth from a depth of 53 feet. Mm -hmm. It's only like a four foot, white long section right Itty bit little sausage yeah terry explains that they are going to push this hole down to 120 foot depth just to be sure but anticipate hitting a tunnel by the time they get to 110 feet 
the extra 10 feet is just to make sure. It's just, you know, icing on the cake. Yep. Charles explains that right, it's right in line with, uh, like, the F2 is right in line with D2, mm -hmm. which is where they found all the loose metal. Mm -hmm. Or, sorry, the, they found the pieces of metal wasn't loose. And uh, <laughs> there can also be a tunnel there. So they're excited about this section mm -hmm. of uh, this borehole. Uh, there is another soy sausage put up on the table. Another sausage? Sausage. Bring on the sausage. <laughs> From the depth of 86 feet this time. So that's hey. getting next to the zone of interest. Yes. And um, Adam from Choice puts it up on the table. He's like, whoa, guys, this one's heavy. Feels like wood. Feels like wood. Well, dude, it is. All wood. Yeah. They hit a shaft. Well, dun, dun, dun. so it's speculated because the core is just, it's like full, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Hmm. Charles is like pulling it apart and it's just like all solid. Like mulch. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was cool. Sonicking. I was, I was happy to see that. Mm-hmm. That's that, good. You know, that's it. So Terry suddenly lit up. Well, yeah, his. He didn't look tired anymore. a little less. No, he was like. He's in his element. He's like, this is what I live for at this point. <laughs> this is my moment. Yeah. And so he got the, he got the core full of wood. And uh, he says it could, or Charles actually said it could be part of a shaft. No, what? Hmm. Plot where they said part of a shaft. <laughs> yeah, yes. He He's that friend that always just chimes in and repeats what you just said. He's that type of friend that always chimes in and just repeats what you just said. Yes. Yes. Like you. Like you. Like you. I know you are, but what am I? Yeah, All right. So Terry says that the grain is perpendicular to the drill. Mm -hmm. and that would indicate a shaft wall. Mm -hmm. Scott and Steve, the cavalry, come to join the in. The cavalry? Yeah. Are they, they the cavalry? They needed backup. I don't I know. I thought that's what, like, the big three were. Well, what are Scott and Steve? I don't know. Okay. So they're like the, the rescue rangers. I don't know. <laughs> So, like, why did they the show up then? Why did well, they yeah, show because Scott's in charge. And if there's something found, Steve is like, I got to enter it into the <laughs> she's grid. Like, no, she's like, I'll grab uh. my GPS. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I'll grab my GPS. Right? <sighs> I got to do all these impressions. Uh, yeah. I'll grab I got to have GPS. a stand-up comedy show of my impressions. <laughs> they all sound the same. And nothing like the person. <laughs> yeah. And then people be like, what is this? And there'll only be a handful of people that, that listen to our podcast. And they'll know. find it hilarious because well, they'll know it's all Steve. <laughs> thousands of people that listen to our podcast will know. But it's not likely you're going to get be those like, people in the room with I'll you. I'll grab my GPS. <laughs> yeah. So like literally, if you, let's get you on stage doing your bit. You have half the room of, of our listeners and half the room of people that don't know what Oak Island is. And then you're like, I'll get my GPS. And then like half the room gets bust up laughing. The other one, half the room's like, what is what going is on going, over here? It's like a flash mob, but like for a comedy show. Sure, and, fun. Am I getting punked? Where's the video <laughs> camera? Oh, there would be a camera too. Oh, All right, so Steve, Steve gets up to the table and says, how's oh, it looking? And Terry explains that from the 82 to 89 foot area, they have a, a substantial section of stacked timbers. And to him, it seems like a shaft wall. And Steve replied, so we already know there is a tunneling system around C1, or this could be the original money pit. He's very excited. Yeah. Charles looks suspicious. He did. Did you see how they it panned to him? And he was like, uh-oh. 
I don't, they're on I to didn't, me. I don't remember. I that. do because I laughed. <laughs> I'm just reading your notes. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so there was a side interview with Marty. Mm-hmm. He says they uh, they keep getting this evidence of tunnels and shafts and completely undocumented areas that are around the C1 cluster. And so they're trying to define what these shafts are and who made these tunnels and where they're going. Uh, they might even give them pieces to the puzzle that they need um, to figure this whole thing out. So how many pieces to the puzzle? I mean, we had like 500 pieces to a thousand piece puzzle and we've collected a few this year. Yeah. We're probably still only like 575. Okay. Well, tops. that's better than five. Yeah, but it's going to get slower and slower. Wow, way to really have a positive <laughs> outlook. I don't know. I just don't know. Like, Gosh. unless they find treasure this year, I don't know. Maybe next you year. You look tired. No, I'm just. Sad. Are you okay? I'm just sad. Yeah. I want them to get a thousand. Or I want them to get to 999 pieces and be stuck. Wouldn't that be funny? There's just something kidding. wrong with just you. Kidding. <laughs> something very wrong. Hmm. All right, so we wrap up uh, this section of the money pit with Terry saying that they should repeat it and see if they can hit it again. And it like the camera is like um, it's like a drone shot Zooming pulling out. out. And then Terry says, once more into the breach. And he I'm thinking says like that a decent amount of times. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah, and I'm thinking like over here. Oh, bingo. There you go, Terry. I guess I'm going to have to pull that clip. We might need that once more into the breach. Maybe yeah. like for each new borehole. Mm -hmm. We're going once more into the breach. You could. I mean, All right. So that's that's actually it for the uh, like real segments of the money pit. Yeah. Well. Okay. So there was like a two second glimpse of at what? the money pit of where what? they're looking at a sausage that's a hundred and nine feet deep that has chips of wood and chunks of wood in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the same borehole because remember they were going to go down two hundred and twenty, but they figured by one ten they'd be done. But then it just like disappears no more money pit after that and there Oof. was no context like they could have left that in <laughs> to the other one or completely left it out poof poof all right let's go to back to the final war room of the episode the final war room Do -do -do -do. Do -do 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 -do. sorry yeah yeah, yeah? Okay. it's the final war room all right then we got we got a who's who here in the final war room uh yeah. Who's there? Come on. Oh, is that what you were trying? Me, don't leave me hanging. I'm on the edge of my seat. You have the same notes. I know. Just... Okay. So Rick, Marty. I figure I'd let Craig. you do some of them since you wrote them. Oh, bah humbug. <laughs> uh, Rick, Marty, Craig, Steve, Doug, Paul, and Tom have invited Krista Brousseau, Dr. Krista Brousseau, to give her analysis at the items sent to her for review. And Marty actually starts off by thanking her. What's your problem? You don't have Peter written down here. I know I saw Peter. Okay. Here, let me fix that. <laughs> Peter. So Peter was there too, guys. All right. I'm, I feel better now. Go ahead. Wow, you contributed to the notes. Go on. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the items that were sent to her. Oh, yeah. So Marty starts by saying how thankful he is that Krista came to them instead yeah. of them going to her. He's like, this saves us so much. He is like super yeah. grateful and so, she's like sweet i get to come to a war room st mary's university is in halifax yes it's a, it's a little over an hour drive from oak island so hey that helps it does 
you know, then like, cause they don't just have to get themselves out there. They have to get the whole crew. Like they probably get two or three vans full of uh, audio people, okay. video people, producers. I don't know that they, I mean, they probably have like another, but it is, it does take them there. away from what they're doing. Yeah. And that that's a big chunk of time. Yeah. Right. But the, the other side of the coin is we don't get to see Dr. Sean Yang. That's sad. Yeah, whatever. I, I like Sean. Yeah, that's okay. I'm sure we'll see him again. I hope so. Maybe he can video in. Maybe. All okay. Right. So Sorry. the first artifact uh, that they show, well, that she brings up and shows them, is the button mm -hmm. from Lot Four. A button. A button. Could it be? Mm -hmm. She calls it a classic Tom Back button, and Marty is pretty quick to ask, like, what What does that term mean? I didn't know either, so thank you, Marty. And she explains it's it's a term that's common to be given to a metal with a high zinc copper metal alloy. Mm -hmm. No, that is a high zinc copper metal alloy. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So Tom back. Yeah. And so what was the breakdown of the button of said button? Break a break a was copper 41.7 percent mm -hmm. tin 20.2 mm -hmm. arsenic 1.21 percent lead 0.95 percent zinc 8.1 percent all right how much gold saddle what none no they found gold on this button ah, last week slow your roll dear friend on the bottom of one of the slides it actually does go on to say that the was it the R X F X R Niner walkie talkie um, probably had a false reading because mm. there was so many different elements it was trying to pull from. So that very small amount either could have been in the dirt or just could have been a false mm. reading on that. But that's, you know, one of the reasons you send it out and they did test it before it was cleaned up, right? Mm, still sad. I'm sorry like that gold. you're sad. I like gold better than tin myself. Well, I guess <laughs> it's good that Gary didn't dance because it so. would have been a false gold yeah, He'd dance. have to take it back. He would. He'd have to take it back. And I don't know what the take back dance looks like. It, it's got to be rough. So she explains that. <laughs> he has to do it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> um, she explains that the arsenic and lead in there were likely original to the copper itself um this this copper alloy which would mean uh that it predated the modern refinement of copper alloys mm. so like copper alloys you find now don't have that in it because you would lose them within that refinement method so process. yeah okay. when dating it that's something to consider gotcha. Okay. So the loop on the back of the button, mm -hmm. she is explained that it has a high bismuth content, which is indicative of copper originating in Britain. So she would say that is probably a, a British origin, the buttons of British origin. And she points out the circles that are around the eye of the uh, single loop mm -hmm. on the back mm -hmm. and said that this particular way of doing it is a very indicative well it's a characteristic made 
sorry, it's very much a characteristic of buttons made in a very specific period. Mm. So she says between 1726 and 1776. Ooh, I know what happened that year. You do? Wait, what? 1776? Declaration of Independence? Oh, yeah, that. I, I'm not saying... So what? Did they stop making buttons? Because they were like, they signed the Declaration. We can no, no longer make buttons all this I'm way. Is, it's funny. It's it's just weird that they don't bring that up when they have the, the boot uh, leather last season and they're like, blah, 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 to 1492. They're like, oh, 1492? Let's talk about Columbus. No, they're saying it could have <laughs> been Columbus's shoe. I know. Well, what are they going to say here? It must be <laughs> whose button? Like Benjamin Franklin, Declaration duh. of Independence, and you're thinking, okay, it must be affiliated to someone. I just button. think it's funny that they're willing to um, throw out funny things when it's one date, not another. Meh. Wow, he's weird. Okay. Okay, so hey, backing you know, it up. Button. When, it, when she Britain. was talking about the the bismuth, yes, that uh, reminded me of the Amazing Race Canada. You remember they went to that town that had like all the streets named after elements and they had to find Bismuth Street. That's true. Mm, That's all. Oh. Amazing Race Canada is a lot of fun. You just go watch it. It's on YouTube. That's true. Yeah. Weren't they running around in like kangaroo costumes Mm -hmm. with those really like sweet running bouncy shoes? Yeah. So they must have been Australia, I guess. I think it was. Yeah. Mm Because they had just left like a kangaroo rescue branch or something. Mm -hmm. Mm. anyways the next object mm-hmm. is a piece of metal mm-hmm. and she says it's definitely also a copper alloy mm. the, and with this one it has the ranges so the copper in it is 19 to 24 percent there's tin in it at 28 to 30 percent zinc at 0.5 to sorry yeah at 0.5 to 0.7 percent mm-hmm. arsenic at 0.7 to 1 percent Lead at 4.8 to 5.3 percent, and sulfur at 0.5 to 0.7 percent. Mm-hmm. And that the item has a pretty high tin content, which she explains is consistent with a tin, tin bronze bell, like with a bell metal, okay, mm-hmm. or a bronze that is a bell metal, yeah, and, like the Liberty Bell, yeah, and. Yeah. Of course, so because it goes with your dates or whatever. Now, I'm just saying so Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence. And uh, remember Court Lindall? His like whole theory, the number one theory was all about the founding fathers and, the you know, boom. Okay, but this button, like... It came off of Thomas Jefferson, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, it could have been like somebody's grandfather's jacket or whatever, and it got caught on a tree and his buttons spilled everywhere. Or maybe that pouch that it was found by, it was some kind of seamstress frolicking through the woods and the strap broke and her buttons fell out. Could be. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely about the button and the yeah. someone frolicking. Um, okay, sorry, carry on. <laughs> um, okay, we were just talking about the bell metal, and she again goes on to say that it's probably older because the arsenic would have been removed in the more modern refinement of the copper. Mm-hmm. And Rick is paying attention to the slides, you know, kind of like I was in the gold situation. 
Rick points out that on the screen it says the bell metal was used to construct early cannons by the Spanish and Portuguese. Well, we've heard a lot about that lately. We have. Yes. Uh, It's all about the Portuguese. Right. Uh, And she's explaining that there being tin in that uh, little piece of metal provides rigidity, which would be used to strengthen this type of metal. And this metal would have been used in the production of bells. And, of course, what they're more, more interested in is the cannons. Sure. I mean, it could have... Maybe it was a baby bell. Could be. Not like the cheese, but the cheese is delicious. I love baby bell cheese. Hey, we got new mail. We do? Yeah. Yeah, Well, look at that. We'll uh, go and pick that up and open it up on our uh, pregame show next uh, Monday. Yep. Tuesday. Gosh, I always say Monday. Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday. All right. So is there anything else to say about these uh, uh, metals? Uh. Just, I mean, we talked about the cannons. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, so Dr. Brousseau did ask what, you know, why lot four? Like, why are you looking there? Mm-hmm. And Rick explained uh, the interest there is because of uh, Zena Halpern's map, which shows a hatch in that area. And there's, he, he made it very clear. They're, they're still trying to vet this and make sure that, you know, if it, trying to figure out if it's a thing or not. Mm-hmm. So good on you, Rick. Good on you. Yep. I mean, he, what's his thing? He's always looking for a corroborative evidence sure Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i mean it could be a thing it could not be a thing it could not i i still don't think that's a date and maybe it's newer than what that special map says who knows well i don't know if you look at money it's all uh like there's like dates on the back and stuff and like on the the seals and whatnot and it's all in roman numerals so why that that's your rebuttal sure that wait you just said it's in roman numerals didn't you say that the dates in roman numerals i said the dates are in roman numerals on that other piece of paper Mm -hmm. which are clear not the date sorry the um the latitude and longitude or whatever those lines were in roman numerals but on xena's map it's all spelled out oh i see so what were you saying about the money that it was in roman numerals i'm just saying like american money if you pulled out like a dollar you'd see a whole bunch of roman numerals all over it see a lot of things all over it. i know i'm just saying like well like why wouldn't they use roman numerals i mean maybe they would maybe they wouldn't mm-hmm. no that's my point they would use them okay well, but this them. one didn't have it yeah well hmm. <laughs> carry on i'm already past it i i don't know <sighs> okay so yeah they're talking about the hatch um, Doug is super excited that the metal it could be associated with the Portuguese because they were among the first to have cannons aboard their ships. Boom. Goes the cannon! <laughs> yeah, because uh, then they go. They do show some uh, archival footage of the mini cannonballs being found all around the island. Well, in the two spots. One with Gary and Rick from uh-huh. a couple weeks ago, and then the other one that, um, you know... If if Steve was doing his job, he would have found it. But Michael John had to do it for Maybe him. Maybe he was coaching. Yeah, yeah. Michael John. I, you know, no, no, I guess you're right because if anybody can find a rock, it's Steve, it's and Steve. he can show people. No, dude, this is what you need to look for. Yeah, he was like, "Let's find some round rocks. Let's <laughs> rock and roll." 
Oh man, that should that's gonna be on the next Guptill guarantee stamp. Let's, Let's rock, rock and, and roll. roll. <laughs> oh no, because I was saying that I need to make Laird like a certification mm. that says it's a rock. Mm. Because then when people are always coming to him or poor Steve is coming up all excited, he'd be like, It's a rock. No, he should do it on his forehead. <laughs> it's a rock. <laughs> that paperwork, Stamp. it's a rock. It's like when he was pulling up the Mi'kmaq pottery and he says this is where we find out it's a rock and it's like all fragile. I was like, Laird, you know what rocks are. What if, what if you made him two for Laird? One that said it's a rock and the other one was a stamp of approval. One that says it's not a rock. Hmm. It could, I'm sure you could come up with something. Some other kind You're of kind stamp of, of a approval. So like one's in red and one's in green. Yeah, sure. Like a yes and no. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Hmm. That's cool. We can do that. Yep. So Clotworthy explained about uh, it, it is well documented that the Portuguese explorers frequently visited Nova Scotia between the 16th and 17th centuries. That's the 15 and 1600s. Mm -hmm. And some believe that a member of the uh, Portuguese Templar branch known as the Order, the, sorry, the Knights of Christ came to the region much earlier and they might have hid a priceless treasure. Hmm. That's what we're crossing our fingers for. Exactly. So it ends with uh, Marty, huh? Yeah. And he's in just like a side interview that says that this is why Dr. Krista Brousseau is such a valuable resource. Who would have thought that a piece of metal like this would have been found on lot four? Like just this random little piece and you send it off to her and, you know, it blows everything up. Mm -hmm. So something on this island attracted a lot of people, a lot of attention. You know, a lot of people come through here. The question is, who, what, what? where, and why? The questions what? are, why? <sighs> well, maybe we'll find out next time on the Curse of Oak Island. Oh yes, and hey, time out, yeah. real quick. Janet in the mm -hmm. chat says that this is what should be on Laird's uh, goods uh, stamp. Do you want to travel? <laughs> Do you want to travel? Travel team! Travel team! And the other Good one, night. it's a rock. I do like the other one, definitely needs to be, it's a rock. Yeah. All right. So that's the episode. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us while we yes, discussed yes. it because um, it was a fun episode. It was. I feel like there wasn't a ton of like really, I don't know. There like was, there was, huge there, things. Yeah. There wasn't huge things happening, but there was a, cool, a lot of cool little things. Mm -hmm. And it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. So um, I think they're building us up for something. Like next episode, you know, what I'm most excited for is Michael is, John. Yes. Michael John. Yeah. I saw him. In the I, there was a Michael John sighting mm -hmm. and he finds everything. Yeah. So, what they call him, Eagle Eye? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Was it Eagle Eye? Is that what they call him on the island? I'm pretty sure because he does find everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it were me and I wanted to find something, maybe Hensky and Michael John. Hensky Tag team champions you of the world. Is, and Michael John's like on it. Maybe he's just going to find like a bunch of round rocks. Wow. That would be something. That would be something. It'd be cooler if you found gold. It would be. But which I took a ridiculous amount of screenshots of is there is a money pit map that Steve's like standing in front of in the research center. And it's very much, it's good information. You see 
that there's a line zero, negative one, negative two, negative three. At the money pit? Yeah. Holes I've never seen before. Then there's more lines about the projected uh, tunnels and shafts. Sometimes they give away a little too much information with those, don't they? Only for me. Only for me, because I'm Eagle ID. (laughs) (laughs) And what I was wonderfully excited about is, okay, so when I'd line up my money pit grid based off of the information I had, it didn't run on a perfect north-south line. And it really bothered me because I'm like, Steve would not set it up that way. But I forgot he did it based off the money pit grid that was not set up by a surveyor initially terry had set it up hmm. so i was right and the money pit grid doesn't land on a perfect north south line and i can see the angle in which it actually does lie so i can lay it perfectly out i'm really excited if you can't tell i can tell oh i'm excited and i just can't hide it you have a light about you i'm about to lose control and yeah. i think i like it Cool, cool. Okay. Right, so what do we have left to do? We have some clot worthies, don't we? Yep, we have a clot worthy winner. Okay, so we have a clot worthy moment of the week last week. Yes. And who is the winner who? of said clot worthy? Which which phrase was which the winner? Which phrase? The button discovered on lot four near the believed hatch feature containing traces of both silver and gold. Or not. <laughs> so the button we talked about that actually doesn't have silver and gold. It won. <laughs> it's the clock Sorry, guys. champion of the week. Woo-hoo. Y'all got excited. And then it's like Laird pulled the piece of plywood out from under you. Ha! Yeah. He needs a button that j- or he needs a stamp that just says, it's just a button. Just like a, it's a, plain it's a lipstick case. Yeah. It's a lipstick case. <laughs> Okay. All right. So we have two new clotworthy contenders going up against each other to see for this week. To see which will be the clotworthy moment of the week for this week. Which are what are the two clotworthy contenders? Let's hear them. Let me tell you something. They're themed. They're themed? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's hear it. A possible ads discovered on lot four. A possible ads found on lot four. No. Discovered on lot four. Discovered. It's same thing, sure. Same thing. Well, it it was possibly an ads, and it was it has been confirmed. So here mm-hmm. is what the as is against. Hmm. A piece of wood, possibly cut by an ads. A piece of wood, possibly cut by an ads. <laughs> there is an ads up against the wood that it cut. So it's ads versus wood. Ads versus its product. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So those are the choices. You will go. You know, if you'd like you to, will go. You will go. <laughs> no, if you'd like to go to facebook.com slash Oak Island podcast, find um, our group tab, click on it. You will find, could it be an Oak Island group? Uh, join it up if you aren't already. Mm-hmm. And you can and like our page and like our page while you're there. Sure. That's Good, good point. That's very important. Yeah, and then you can vote on this week's clotworthy moment of the week, mm-hmm. and you can have a say in what we play next week. <gasps> could it be? It could be. And you're gonna get those uploaded pretty quickly here. 
Yes. Yes. I'm going to do it right after we're done. I'm not even going to move. I'm going to get the Clotworthies posted as soon as we're done. Look at how efficient. Well, the reason I can do it is because you gave me the images. The images are the hard part. It's easy to get the text because literally I have to do is press these buttons again because I type it all out. The image, I would have to like get the history app open, find out wherever this came from in the in the episode, wait for like tw 10 minutes of commercials. You know what it's you could process. do? What? So you know the notes we just read? The clotworthy moments are actually indicated by timestamp on those notes. So if you look for the one... You could just go, oh, look, it's at exactly this many minutes and this many seconds. I could go there and get exactly what I need. It's never that easy. Oh, but it is because you just read the notes that have the Yeah, thing. but you did that through the DVR, right? No, I do it through the app. Okay, well, you it th there's still a problem with waiting through those ads. You mean the ads? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the ads <laughs> suck. <laughs> Yeah. no more ads <laughs> well that's why we subscribe to like youtube premium so we don't have to deal with the ads you know what i'm saying down with the ads i'm gonna chop those ads down all right so um i think that's kind of it that's it let's tell them how they could get a hold of us you can email us at oakislandpodcast at gmail.com correct you can also find us on facebook at oak island podcast and on instagram at oak island podcast you can find us on youtube if you're watching us there why don't you give us a like and a subscribe right now we're getting close to a thousand subscribers on youtube most people just listen to this through the podcast mm -hmm. we have um i don't know we have thousands of people that download it every week but um people that watch it are much less mm -hmm. so if you're listening go to youtube dot com slash oak island podcast find us there click like subscribe ring the little bell thing to get the notifications when we go live and then you can uh you know watch us hi hey, if, hey say hi, hi. If, they, if they're joining and us, you hi. can see my face when i look tired because you don't look tired you look beautiful uh-huh mm -hmm. and you can see me i make faces the entire time i'm like i'm raising my eyebrow yeah he just i'm like moving my eyes all around people. circles I'm, I'm doing crazy things so, okay so you can also find us on Twitter at Oak Island Pod. You can. Uh, we have a website, oakislandpodcast.com, we do. where you can shop for your own Oak Island swag. Um, and you can listen to the podcast there. Of course, if you're on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting app you have, look us up. Could it be an Oak Island podcast? We also have a phone number. You could leave us a message. Yep. All you have to do is call 360 eight three six four five four nine correct amundo and hey we're on twitch i don't think we ever mentioned that we're on twitch you can go to twitch.com slash oak island podcast and find yeah. us there there seems to be a theme yeah oak well, island podcast yeah but but we're not the oak island podcast no i see them pop up every once in a while when i type in things i'm like who are these guys but then there's someone else oak island we are podcast just oak island. minus the the yeah minus the the they're trying to hitch a ride on us, but that's fine. You guys do, you do you. You behave. Yeah. Hey, um, I do want to say before we go, uh, we do have Patreon. Yes. Oh my gosh. Actually stall for me. Stalling, stalling. I'm doing a dance. we have lots of uh, new people that have signed up. So I wanted to. Yeah, we've had several mm -hmm. new people sign up. Outs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We have anybody that has signed up at the $25 level is getting a set of cards yep and we're trying to get to our 500 dollar 
a month month goal goal Mm -hmm. so that we can start doing cards again. So the order has been sent out to the printers so we can get those, you know, the ones that, you know, are more than what we had in stock sent out. Yep. We only had three sets of cards in stock when I made the announcement. And I think, yeah, we had more than that. Like seven, seven people signed up and, or increased their monthly, um, contributions to $25, uh, on Patreon. And, we decided anybody that did that to either brand new or up to their pledge to $25 would get a set of Oak Island training cards. And then when, when we get up to like Deidre said, uh, um, combined through everybody that supports mm-hmm. us up to $500 per month, she will start making um, the Oak Island trading cards once again, and they will be mailed out to every person that uh, supports us on Patreon at any mm-hmm. level. We're currently at $280, so we're over halfway there. Oh, Oh, we're we're over halfway there. there. Yeah. So um, go to patreon.com slash Oak Island Podcast. Follow us there and uh, support us, and you Mm -hmm. will start getting Oak Island trading cards in your mail every week. Physical cards, like they're not Mm -hmm. digital. We mail them to you, and they're awesome. So go look them up. Oak Island, or sorry, that's patreon.com slash Oak Island podcast. I think that's it. Yep, that's it. Cool. Finally, that's always a mouthful. So until next time. Could it be? Night.